All right, here we go. Okay, so we, we, <clears throat> we asked two questions in the beginning of the Mimer. The first question dealt with why is the word doidi li in El? Presumably it's talking about Tishrei. That was question number one. Question number two was a question dealing with based on the mushal that the Alter Rebbe is giving, it seems like the whole energy of El is this like happy, loving energy, right? I mean, the way I was describing it in class is like, if you can imagine like the presidents going out to kiss babies, you know, and like, you know, it's like a really, you know, there are balloons in the air, you know, it's, it's, it's a really like happening, happy, warm, loving energy. But contrast that to what the tour is saying. The tour is turning around and saying, wait a minute. There's a reason why we're blowing shofar every day of El. The reason why we blow shofar every day in El is because we have to bring out a fear. Right? That's like the idea here. Fear. So we said, wait a minute, that seems like a contradiction to what we're talking about. How can we have both energies going? The two opposite energies. So as we talked about yesterday, we're going to deal with the first question when we get all the way towards the end of the Mimer chapter 9. We're going to focus on the first one first. And what we brought in yesterday's class was this idea of explaining the difference between Ava and Yira. <clears throat> and then we went from there into a conversation about what really is the Avoda of El. And the answer is the Avoda of El is really not per se Yira as Yira is by itself, but it's really the concept of Kabbalah's all. That's really the, that's really the Avoda. The Avoda is Kabbalah's all, like, a, like an Evid. An Evid, right, a slave, is someone who listens to the master no matter what, right? He may want to do one thing, the master says do something else. There's, it's not a discussion. It's not a choice. It's just a given that that is what is going to happen. That is the avoda of El. Incorporated in that avoda is Yira. Incorporated in the avoda of Kabbalah's Ol is Yira. Yira is a prat. It's a detail in the general avoda of Kabbalah's Ol. Okay, and we're going to get to this point. Yira is connected to the concept of Bittl. Right, we're going to discuss that much more today. Right? Yira means... Right? I'm afraid of something, and therefore I am ready to nullify my will, my desires, my thought process for something else. Either because I'm afraid that I'm going to get hit over the head with a stick, or I'm afraid because of I'm in awe of the situation, I'm in awe of the person. I'm, right? There's something that is, quote-unquote, mevatling my will. It's causing my will to become nullified. Got it? That's the concept. Now... What we said at the end of yesterday's class was just an interesting point, which was that in footnote number 13, we said that, in fact, that without the Yira, without the feeling of Yira, the Kabbalah's all is not a complete Kabbalah's all. It's not a complete story, right? And what we said is, if you think about it, like, like let's just think about it ourselves, right? We have emotions. When the emotion is a full blast emotion, I'm feeling it in my heart. I'm feeling it all over me. I'm like affected by it. 
if we're going to talk about yira, I, ca- I, I can't move. I can't think straight. I can't, I can't do anything. If I'm afraid of something, I'm very much impacted in a general sense, right? Contrast that to if in my mind I'm thinking to myself, right, that this is something I should be afraid of. Both are the concept of yira. But one is taking me over. It's like a wave that's taking over my whole being. And one is, intellectually, I realize that this is something to be afraid of. It's very different. So, <coughs> excuse me. So the Chiddush, with what the Rebbe is saying here in, the, in this footnote, is that even the year that comes by way of intellect, right? So it's obviously a lower level, right? Think about it in our own experiences, in our own life, Right? Even that yira is going to cause my Kabbalah's all to be complete. You need to have this prat of yira. Without the yira, there is no real Kabbalah's all. Right? Or not the complete Kabbalah's all. Right? That's the idea that we said yesterday. Good? So now we have a little bit more of a definition. We're still having a problem because we don't really understand how this fits into the whole Ava story that the Alter Rebbe seems to be uh, painting for us. But at least we're getting a little bit clearer on this aspect of the avoda, and we start with paragimel now. Here we go. The biura inyan bepratius yaiser. So to explain this idea in more detail, okay? Yuvan al pimasha kosuva tzemachsedik b'maimer. We'll understand through what the tzemachsedik says in a maimer. That talks about what? That's going to talk about the idea of blowing shofar and Rosh Chaydish El. Okay, what are we saying here? What are we saying here? Yes? Exactly. To blowing the shofar and Rosh Hashanah. Right? In other words, is there a value in the blowing of the shoifer in El in and of itself? What would you answer that to that? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's one answer. But what what is the mimer saying? If we just leave where we're right at right now, what's the point of blowing shofar in El? Oh, so in and of itself, let's say that there was no shofar blowing in Rosh Hashanah. So would there be an, an idea of blowing shofar in El, yes or no? No. So according to what we're saying right now, there is really no essential point to blowing shofar in El in and of itself. For the point of El. Let's go weiter. Dachiluk ben shofar de El. That the chiluk, what's the chiluk? The difference, good. Between the blowing of the shofar and El and the blowing of the shofar Rosh Hashanah is as follows. Anyone know what the word charada means? Like trembling, yeah, good. Right, the yira vahacharada habali de tkias shofar de El, he yira tata. Vahayira vahacharada haba. Someone? 
Step one, step two, right? Our goal is what? Our goal is step two. We want to climb to the top of the stairs. In order to get to the second floor, we have to, have a, we have to climb the stairs. That's the bottom line, right? Do we really need stairs? Not really. If I didn't want to go to, sta- if I didn't want to, go to the second floor, I wouldn't need to have stairs. So according to our first taich of this, the only reason... To have a blowing of the shofar in Elul is for the purpose of getting to Rosh Hashanah. So, Baruch Hashem, I want to get to the blowing of the shofar in Rosh Hashanah. So, how do I get there? I get there by blowing the shofar in Elul. Kavaldik. But in and of itself, I wouldn't necessarily need to blow the shofar in Elul. Why do I need to blow it? Right? Oi! You want to get to the blowing of the shofar in Rosh Hashanah? You want to have the harada? You want to have the shaking? You want to have... Okay, fine. Okay, we have to get there. How are we going to get there? Step one. That's it. So right now, where we're holding right now is that the whole point of the blowing of the shofar is only, and the blowing of the shofar L is only to get, is, it's a preparation. That's the point. L is a preparation for Rosh Hashanah. Anila Daidi is only a preparation for Daidi Lee. Really, I don't really want Anila Daidi. I want Daidi Lee. Right? But in order to get Dodi Li, I guess I have to do Ani Lidaidi. But inherently, there's nothing special about the blowing of the shofar in El. Right? It's just a process. That's it. Va'oid Tam, another reason. Another reason why we blow the shofar in El before Rosh Hashanah is. Okay, let's try to understand the concept here. What's going on? When using uh, crazy phrases here. Makif. Malus Pagmo, what is this? What's going on here? Yeah, what's going on here? Wait, Rabbi, when it says Aitam, does it mean that um, the Rebbe is like, giving his explanation or still the Tzemachzedek? Looks like it's the Tzemachzedek. Still the Tzemachzedek. Another reason that Tzemachzedek brings is this idea. What's this Makif, Male, Pagamim? Like, what's, what is this about? What's going on? You know someone? Someone that hasn't spoken. Come on, little guy. Come on, you guys. Everyone's so quiet. Come on. Binyamin. No, what's up, Stu? Nada. Speak a little Spanish, a little bit of Yiddish, a little Hebrew. No, what do you think? No comment? Alicia? We'll go right in the line. No? What do you think? No comment? No comment. Compare the gap that was created throughout the year. 
So what does that mean? Helps repair the gap. What does that mean? Okay, good. Pagam means a blemish, right? We did, we made mistakes during the year. When we make mistakes, we know it causes a pagam. It causes a blemish. It causes a hole. It causes problems, right? Okay. What is that? So now what? Well, we said something about a makif. What's a makif? All right, makif means surrounding. What does that mean, though? It's not internalized. It's true. Okay, when we bring the word makif in Hasidus, what, what, what are we what are we referring to? The higher level or lower level? Lower level, higher level. Okay, so we have both opinions here. Okay, a little bit of both. Let's, you know, maybe that's like that. No, makif. Avram, you're going to help us? Dr. Nelkin, Makif, tell us what a Makif is. What? He's, he, he's, he's holding by no comment. No comment? Okay. What's going on? Let's say you have a, a knife. Or let's say, right, you have a battleship. So let's, let's make it a little bit more exciting, right? And you're fighting in World War II, and Japanese have a submarine, and they torpedo the battleship. Makes a big hole in the side of the battleship. What are you going to do? How are you going to fix this thing? Maybe it'll sink, but hopefully you'll get it before it sinks. What's, what, how do you fix it? How do you patch it up? How do you patch it? It's not like, a, it's not like, my, like you know, when we were growing up, I told you the other day, right? everyone in the, in the early 70s, right? If they got a, if they, all of us had holes in our knees, from playing outside, and we all had patches. Like they take another piece of fabric and they put it on the on the knee part of the of the pants, and that's what it is. That's what we all, everyone, everyone in the whole world did that, right? You know, it was before the throwout generation came into being. Okay, is that what we could do? Is that what we do? We put a patch, get a big piece of cotton, stick it in there. No, no. How how do you fix it? How do you fix it? The water out until you're able to get somewhere where it can actually be fixed properly. Okay, you pump the water out. Good. That's start one. What what else are you gonna do? Evacuate the ship. Evacuate the ship. What else are you gonna do? How are you gonna fix the ship though? How do you do it? Okay, you weld. You just take another piece and you weld it on. You just stick it on there. Have you ever seen a battleship with a patch on there? It doesn't look like my pants. You do what you can to keep it afloat, and you bring it back and fix it regularly. Okay. That my question is, how do you fix it? That's my question. You don't. You do, you do, you do. For sure they did. What? You don't put a patch. There's no such thing. They don't have like, like, like you know, like a big mix of metal and it's like, well, you know, like, <laughs> you know. Like, what? How do they do it? How do they? How do you? How do you fix the side of a battleship? You didn't know that you were going to learn about si- fixing battleships today in uh, Hasidic class. What? Replace the whole like hull of the ship or something? No, no, you don't replace it. What, how? How would you do that? Okay. The way you do it is, right, you have to bend the metal. How do you bend the metal? Heat. Heat. Good. You take this hugely powerful fire, probably, right? That's a tremendous amount of, uh, you know, degrees, whatever it is. And through that, you make the metal malleable. And then you, you put it back, everything back into, into place. Basically, that's what they have to do. Okay. The same thing here. When you want to fix a hole, you want to fix a pagam, you want to fix something, you have to come from a hugely higher source of energy 
right? In order to flow down, in order to fix up the thing that you made a pagamin. That's called a makif. Makif is a transcendent energy. It's a level of energy that is going to be way beyond the norm. Way beyond the norm. Okay? So what he's saying here is like this. We made mistakes <coughs> during the course of the year. We want to fix up those mistakes during, right? When do we fix up those mistakes? We fix up the mistakes on during Aseret Yemei Tshuva, starting with Rosh Hashanah, ending with Yom Kippur. The question is, how do we get there, right? This is, by the way, and anyone that's finished um, Anila Daidi from Likutei Torah, Bichlal, during the year, what I'm going to want you to be doing is alongside of the mimer that we're learning in the morning, I want you to be doing what I call Girsa in Hasidus, which is um, learning through other Maimarim that are main Maimarim that deal with foundational concepts in Hasidus that I have, uh, I have recorded online. Okay, so these other Maimarim you can listen to, you can either learn the Maimar by yourself with your Chavrusa, or you can listen to my Shirim on the Maimar, but it'll, you can listen to it on double speed, hopefully, that way you know, it goes very quickly, but you get these concepts. In those Maimarim, you'll find, uh, I'll send you a link today, I'll put it on, we should really make a class chat, if someone knows the technology of how to make a class chat, it might be very simple for you guys, a little bit more complicated for me, but we could do that. But I'd like to send you a link. There is a mimer in the Semachsedic, right, in Derech Mitzvah called Vidui and Tshuva. Has anyone ever learned that mimer? Okay, good. So over there, it talks about this exact idea of how to fix up, right, the blemishes, right, that we've made, right, to fix the holes. Because what it says is that when a person, right, does Averas, there's a couple of things that are going on. First of all, he's making Klipa, right, and so you have to basically kill these malachim, this klipa. You have to kill them begashmias, I mean, not really gashmias, but you have to kill the body of it and the soul of it, right? That's one thing that you have to do in terms of how to fix yourself up. The second thing you have to do is that I have created a hole. I've made a hole which causes, is causing a flood of godly light to go out to the opposite side. And so therefore, I need to fix that hole. How do I fix the hole? The way to fix the hole is you have to bring from a <clears throat> way higher energy called the makif and bring it down in order to fill up the broken part of the keli. Does that make sense? Is that, yeah, I, I'm trying to use that analogy of the battleship because I think it's a very good analogy. Basically what you do is you take this hugely powerful fire and you are able to cause the metal to become... Uh, softer, malleable, in order that you could fix it, you could put it back together, in order that it goes back to its basically its original state. That's what you have to do. The same thing is happening here. Okay, you have to tap into that makif. So uh, tonight you could start after um, after you've done your chazar on this mimer, you could start learning through a vidu in tshuva. It's an important mimer to know. It gives you the basic ideas of of tshuva. It's important to learn it. There also is a copy of it in English in the. Um, those books over there, uh, they translated, that was one of the Maimarim, they translated in Derech Mitzvah if you have difficulty and you'd rather learn it inside by yourself, that's fine. But uh, Bichlal, we're going to be running these two, <coughs> these two 
programs uh, simultaneously. So that way, hopefully, we could spend a lot more time here in the morning focusing on analyzing the mimer, and in the, after, in the evening, you'll be able to go at a quicker pace and cover a lot of the major foundational mimarim of Hasidus, which will give you a lot more of a background. Okay? So please go through that tonight. That was just a side point. Okay, so back to our story. So what we need to do is we have to somehow tap into this makif in order to bring it down, in order to enable us to fix up the problems that we've made. That's our job. Let's read it again. Tam, another reason. Which starts from Rosh Hashanah. We have to draw down energy from this state called the makif. In order, to fill in what I have blemished over the course of the year. So how am I going to get to the makif? There is a method to this story. There is a key, there's a way on which I could tap into the makif. The way I tap into makif is through this concept of bittel. That's how I do it. Okay? And then he goes on to say, the kamuvar b'tayra or, there's a maimer in tayra or. Everyone knows tayra or and look at the tayra, right? These are the maimarim uh, that are by the week, right? From the Alter Rebbe, the Tzamosedek put put them together based on what are known as the Hanachas, which are the written versions of the Maimarim that were written by a number of different uh, Hasidim, including the Mitzler Rebbe, right, of the Alter Rebbe. Uh, Torah Or is, refer- is the Maimarim on Breshis and Shmos uh, for the most part, and Vayikra and uh, Bamidbar Dvarim are found in the book called Lukatei Torah, also Shira Shirim. Okay, Mirza Hashem, over the course of the year, we might uh, look at some of those Maimarim. For sure, during the Girsa program, you'll have some of those Maimarim in there. Okay, so over there, the Alter Rebbe says, Alaposek, Hashemaim Kisi, Vaharetz Hadam Raglai, right? <clears throat> the heavens are my chair, and the earth is like my uh, footstool. A is a bias, which is the house. On this, I will look. I will stare El Ani on the poor person, and someone who is like of a poor spirit or very like lowly spirit. Anyone know where that where that's coming from? That pasuk, that pasuk is from the Haftarah uh, that we read. Um, that we read. Uh, um, what call it? Um, that we read very often in uh, Parashas Breshis when we read it, and that this is where uh, this is where. It's dealing with Rosh Chodesh, and um, or um, um, and it's actually the it's actually found um, in Torah or in the beginning of in the beginning of the book in Breshis, this mimer. Anyway, over there it says like this: the Shemayim va'aretz heim Torah v'mitzvus. Shemayim and Aretz is referring to the Torah mitzvus. The Shacha Shali they Torah mitzvus who or Pnimi. Now, Bichlal, <coughs> we talk about in Tanya. We talk about this idea. Of the idea of an or pnimi. There's an or pnimi and there's an or makif. And in the or pnimi, there are two different things. There's basically Torah, which we talk about as being a mazon, right? We talk about it as being a food. We mention that, you know, extra dessert for anyone that knows which chapter it says that. Okay, no dessert for anyone. Okay, in chapter five, when we talk about the greatness of learning Torah. And mitzvahs, and then we talk about the concept of a makif. Now, a makif can be compared to a garment, 
that a person wears because it surrounds him. And it also could be the concept of like a house, a house around a person because it also surrounds him, it protects him. Right? These are two concepts of makifim. So let's read it further. It says like this. It says, um, namely the chair and the idea of a footstool however in order to draw down the makifim in order to draw down this special energy when he says in the Pasuk it says a bias which is a makif a makifim makif and in the makifim there are two there's the makif which is karov which is like clothing right it's a specific fit to the body, but it's still worn above the body. And then there's a makif, which is a further away makif, which is the concept of a house, right? It's not specifically built for me or for, you know, to fit around me. It's specifically fit for everyone. Anyone can walk in and out of a house, right? Who are you, bito? So the, the source for this, what is the Rebbe doing here? The Rebbe is bringing a source for this concept. The source for this concept that the makif requires bittel is dafka that is discussed in this mimer from the Alter Rebbe, because he brings ani v'nacha ruach v'charad al devarai. Right? It says a poor person or a lowly spirited person he's trembling with his words. Right? On his words. Well, very confusing sentence. Let's see if we can figure out what's going on. Lachain, therefore, taikim b'shofar ve'el. We're blowing the shofar in el. Ki b'chdei shetiyeh. In order that there should be hamshachas and makif, a drawing down of the makif. Berosh Hashanah, tzarech liyos nachach v'ruach v'charad. There has to be this lowly spirited person, a trembling person. Ba'yidet ki ashoifar ba'yim l'charada. And through this blowing of the shofar, we come to this charada. What's going on? Is this the same reason as the first reason? Obviously not. That's why it says in another reason. But what's the main drive of this reason? Okay. That we're fixing our averas, we're getting to the makif, and the way to do it is through bittel. What's the main thrust, though? Is it similar to the thrust in the first answer? Or... Separate, different, same, along the same lines. Look inside and analyze. I'll give you 30 seconds to look at it. What's the difference between the two? Excellent. The way we're describing the second reason... Right? It seems like it's specifically the blowing of the shofar of El which is causing this whole th- story to happen. Right? We're saying we need to reach the Makif. When does the Makif start? Rosh Hashanah. How do we reach the Makif? How do we reach the Makif? Shofar in El. That's what we're saying. That's the opposite is the first one. The first point that we said was what? What was the first point that we said in this paragraph? Why are we blowing shofar and Elul? Just a preparation for Rosh Hashanah. Really? I don't really need to blow the shofar and Elul. <clears throat> Just that I want to feel the full effects of Tishrei, so let's blow the shofar and Elul. Because that's the way to get there. 
right? In other words, I don't really want to stretch and warm up and everything like that. I just want to play the soccer game. That's what I want to do. But in order that I shouldn't get uh, injured, so you know what, let's spend 20 minutes stretching and, you know, doing uh, calisthenics and whatever. But do I really, would I ever do calisthenics for the sake of calisthenics? No way, I want to play the game. That's what I want to do, right? That's the first point. The second point is saying, wait a minute. We have a goal here. The goal here, the only way to reach the goal is what? Blowing shofar in El has nothing to do with blowing shofar in Rosh Hashanah. It's two opposite. Two totally, it's, it's the opposite. The first answer is the, point, the whole point of blowing shofar in El is only to get us to Rosh Hashanah. To the blowing of shofar in Rosh Hashanah. <clears throat> in order that I should feel the full effect. But really, what's the main deal? The main deal is blowing shofar in Rosh Hashanah. That's the main deal. Nebuch, we have to spend some time doing it in El also in order to get there. And Nebuch, I have to do calisthenics in order to play soccer. The second reason is Adraba. The whole way to get the goal is through the blowing of the shofar in El. So that brings us to a question. Betzarech Lahavin based on this second reasoning, we have to understand. What's his question? What's his question? What's the Rebbe's question? Yeah, go ahead. Why are we attempting to accomplish the same thing that we were attempting to accomplish in Elo, which is to, which is to bring out Europe? Mm-hmm. Not exactly. Go ahead, Yossi. Give a shot at the title. Okay, anyone else? Let's read the words. Haregam, behold, also, al yedei shetaikim, through blowing, b'rosh Hashanah, ba'im l'charada. Ba'ad the opposite. Ha'charada d'rosh Hashanah, higedai l'yaiser me'ha'charada d'el. The shaking, the trembling that you feel in Rosh Hashanah. Who doesn't tremble? When you're listening to the shofar in Rosh Hashanah, you're sitting here, we're davening the whole day, we've been reading to Elam, we're like all like, you know, we're like here, and then all of a sudden, boom, the shofar. Everyone gets, like, it feels, uh, you know, what are those called? You know, those goosebumps or whatever. You know, like, how can you not feel something on Rosh Hashanah when you hear the shofar after the whole buildup and everything, everything that's going on? So if the goal is what? The goal is charada. The goal is trepidation. The goal is the shaking. And we're saying that, oh, Dafka, through the, through the blowing of the shofar and El, that's how we get the shaking, that's how we're going to get the bitl, that's how we're going to get the, the, the makif, we're going to draw it down. I said, what are you talking about? That makes no sense. Why doesn't it make any sense? No? Shalom, you're in the game? What do you say? What's his problem? What's the problem? What's the Rebbe's problem here? Someone, anyone, come on, help me. I'm putting you all to sleep. Get a shofar in here. Okay, what's new, Shimon? You got it. The Reb Shalom Shalom Ke. The Reb's problem is this doesn't make sense. If the objective is to get the harada, which is going to give more harada? The blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, or the blowing shofar on El. Rosh Hashanah, exactly. If you're telling me the whole reason. Why we're blowing shofar in El is to get this makif down because El accomplishes harada, El accomplishes this bittel. What do I need this like pipsqueak type of blowing shofar in El for? 
I have the major blowing shofar in Rosh Hashanah. That's going to cause the, the serious harada. That's going to cause the serious bittel. Let's blow off the, the blowing of the shofar in Elul. Who needs it? Okay, that's the answer number one. But we're not talking about answer number one now. Answer number two, or point number two, was that Adarabba, the main event, is the blowing of the shofar in Elul. Because the blowing of the shofar in Elul causes the bittel, which causes us to be able to bring down this makif, which fills in all of our holes. That's what we said with answer number two. So immediately on that, it, they were saying, what in the world? That makes no sense whatsoever. The main event of blowing shofar is Rosh Hashanah. Let's get rid of the blowing of the shofar in Elul. Or, okay, you want to say blowing the shofar in Elul because you want to prepare. You want to, okay, fine, we'll do it at that. But that's not the main event. The main event is Rosh Hashanah. Yeah? What? Actually, we don't. We blow actually exactly the same amount of times as we do on Rosh Hashanah. You're saying you complete everything just through L? What, what? You said you fill in all of the holes just in L. So Not in L. We do it through Aserah Shemei But how do we do it? What the Rebbe had said over here, the way we do it is because we cause there to be a harada in L through blowing in the shofar in L. That's what causes it. That's what causes us to be able to re- reach the makif. In other words, answer number one was the whole point of blowing shofar and El is only to be a calisthenic for the game which is in Rosh Hashanah. That's answer number one. That's clear to everyone. Answer number two was no. <clears throat> the blowing of the shofar and El is the main event. That's what's going to get us to the makif. The Rebbe says, what in the world are you talking about? That makes no sense. The blowing of the shofar in Rosh Hashanah is a billion times more powerful. It causes much more bittel, much more charada, much more everything. Why are you telling me that the blowing of the shofar in El is causing this? That's, uh, how could that be? Instead, it's like the previous ice, where the main event is Kabbalah's oil, without the year on the design of Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little bit different because, because there it's still an avoda. Here, it, it's, even if you don't have the yira, it's still an avoda. Here, what we're saying is we're not getting to the makif unless we blow the shofar in El. It's, 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 it's not that it's a part, a part of it. That's really, that's really the first answer. The first answer is blowing the shofar in El is a part of blowing the shofar in Rosh Hashanah. It's, it's a preparation. It's the calisthenics to get to, to me there. Answer number two is if I don't have the blowing the shofar in El, I'm not getting the makif. The Rebbe says, What? What are you talking about? Read again. Let's read again, and we'll take it. We'll we'll stop for today. I'm already talking enough times. So he says like this: We have to understand. He says, "What, what do I need the blowing of shofar in for Elul for?" He says, "Also on Rosh Hashanah, I can get to this state of trembling in the people." And the opposite: the, the, the trembling of Rosh Hashanah. It's much greater than the, the effect of what the blowing of the shofar in El is going to cause. Canal, like we said before, because like we said earlier in the first answer, that the blowing of the shofar. Right of El it only reaches Yura Whereas the blowing of the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, you get Yura So we see that obviously the blowing of the shofar of Rosh Hashanah is much more powerful, and it causes a much bigger impact. 
Nevertheless, we see from that mimer, it's saying to us that the blowing of the shofar and el is what is causing us to reach the makif. Why in the world is this the case? That's what the Rebbe's problem is. It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Using your analogy of the ship and repairing the metal, could yeah. LO be considered the heating process and then Tishrei would be considered the actual manipulation of the metal? But you could say that. But in this case, <clears throat> why would we heat up the metal a month before in, if, on Tishrei, if in Tishrei on Rosh Hashanah, you could do both at the same time and actually... Not even that. You, you, it seemingly you could turn it on much higher. Right. So you'd actually be able to repair more metal than you would. Yeah, presumably. Air. Presumably. You'd, you'd get to a, a much greater heat if you use, you know, this this type of heating process as opposed to the slow heating process that we're doing in L. Exactly. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah? Everyone got the question? Okay, so we're going to stop now. But in order to understand this, we have to now go on to a whole conversation about what is really the difference between Yura Tata and Yura Ilah. Okay? So that's what we're going to do in Yura Tashem Sunday morning. Um, like I said, please, uh, I'll post this, I'll post this recording, God willing, uh, today.